This podcast was recorded on the ancestral lands on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. This is Humans on Rights, a podcast advocating for the education of human rights. Here's your host, Stuart Murray. On this episode of Humans on Rights, I'm going to go to the Manitoba Museum, where they are in partnership with the Rainbow Resource Center. They're launching an exhibit called If These Walls Could Talk. First, some background on the Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center began as a student group, the University of Manitoba, in the early 1970s, first known as the Campus Gay Club. The name was changed in 1973 to Gays for Equality. Gays for Equality offered a telephone information line, peer counseling service, a resource library on the University of Manitoba's campus. And the group went on to become a leader and an important resource for the gay and lesbian community, providing community services, education, outreach, and political awareness and activism. In 1988, the group changed again and became Winnipeg Gay Lesbian Resource Center, establishing itself as an independent organization in a new location at Confusion Corner in Winnipeg. The Resource Center was incorporated as a non-profit organization applied for charitable tax status under the legal name of Manitoba Institute of Society and Sexuality. In 2008, the Rainbow Resource Center relocated just a few blocks from its old location. And this year, the Rainbow Resource Center is celebrating 50 years of identity, advocacy, and community. The Rainbow Resource Center is the longest serving, continuously running, two-spirited LGBTQ plus resource center in North America. The exhibit, If These Walls Could Talk, is, as I said earlier, produced in partnership with the Manitoba Museum and the Rainbow Resource Center. And it explores the history of the two-spirited LGBTQ plus community in Winnipeg from 1970 until the 2010s. This period of activism after the decriminalization of homosexuality in 1969 covers campaigns such as coming out in the 1970s, HIV, AIDS, information in the 1980s, marriage and adoption rights in the 1990s, and 2000s and protection for gender diversity in the 2010s and more. I've told the exhibit provides a better understanding of the issues facing the two-spirited LGBTQ plus community over the last 50 years and the types of activism used to advance and protect rights. Two-spirited LGBTQ plus people have always been a part of Winnipeg society. They have a history and it should be told on their terms. And that is why the Rainbow Resource Center is leading the way in this exhibit. I'm looking forward to experiencing and learning from this exhibit. The challenges, the difficulties, and the celebrations this community has had 
and how they plan to share that with every visitor. Let's get started. Well, I'm at the Manitoba Museum and for the launch of If These Walls Could Talk, and I've run into a good friend, Christy Cumming. Christy, why are you here at If These Walls Could Talk? Well, Stuart, I was graciously invited by the Rainbow Resource Center to come and partake in today's events as an event manager for the 50th anniversary gala celebration and Saturday night pride party this year. I have had a fabulous opportunity to work with the center and the amazing people that are doing amazing work there. And I wanted to become more informed and take a look at the unbelievable history of what has happened in the community over the years right here in the city that we live in. So, Christy, were you aware of the Rainbow Resource Centre or how did you get involved? I was aware of it and became more involved as I became involved in, in running an event for the organization. And you're talking about the 50th anniversary. What a milestone. Can you share some of the ideas or thoughts that are going into the celebration of 50 years of the Rainbow Resource Centre? We are working very hard in multiple ways to make sure that this is a fabulous event celebrating the community and bringing people to recognize and applaud Rainbow Resource Centre being the longest running 2S LGBTQ organization in Canada. I mean, it's pretty amazing. 50 years ago, you would not have been able to run this event. So if you were talking to somebody about wanting to get involved with the Rainbow Resource Centre to celebrate what this community has done, what advice would you give them? I would say take a look at social media. Um, there's many wonderful things happening to celebrate the 50th anniversary, things that are going on all year. Two of the events that I mentioned, uh, Saturday Night Pride happening June 3rd and the 50th anniversary gala November the 4th. But in between, there's lots of ways to um, get involved, support, become more educated, um, contact the Rainbow Resource Centre. Yeah, and it's about learning. It's about learning, and that's what you're doing, and that's what I'm doing. And uh, I'm delighted to have run into you today, and I look forward to all the great work that you continue to do at the Rainbow Resource Center, Christy. Thanks. Great to see you, Stuart. Take care. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Stuart. Okay, and who are you? I'm Christy Pearson. Okay, Christy, great to meet you. Glad to have you here. And you're with somebody who we also know. Lewis Triple. Hey, Lewis, how are you? Excellent, thank you. Okay, now I understand the two of you are working on something pretty exciting. Lewis, what is that? It is massive. It's the 50th anniversary gala for the Rainbow Resource Center serving the LGBTQ plus community. And it will be a blockbuster like nothing Winnipeg has ever seen before. Being that it's the 50th anniversary and the longest running in all of Canada, we will be throwing a party and messaging that you have never seen in this town. 
So you're co-chairing this event, which sounds amazing. What else are we going to look forward to? I am. I think what we'll see at this gala is we'll see a lot of allies coming forward. I myself see myself as an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. I have a child that fits in on the rainbow, and I feel that we're going to see different people showing up to show their support for this community. We're going to see people in the community that may not have stepped forward, and they're going to be showing their support uh, to stand beside people in the community. So, Christy, you said a word that's very important, and that is the word ally. And I think a lot of people wonder, what does that mean, or how can I become one? How, what would you say to somebody who said, I'd like to be, or how can I learn more about that? I think it starts with listening and learning. So here at the Manitoba Museum, there is an exhibit going on talking about 50 years of activism here in uh, uh, Manitoba. So it's learning about what it means to be LGBTQ plus uh, and to be in that community. I think then it's, it's about lifting voices. So it's about stepping back and lifting others up to uh, be able to share their voice and be able to share what their story maybe. And Lewis, we're sitting here in the Manitoba Museum. They're launching this fabulous exhibit, If These Walls Could Talk. What would you say to somebody who's not sure whether they should or shouldn't come to this exhibit? It's an absolute must. It is a very moving experience and a really great opportunity to learn and to see the history of what's gone on here in this province. And I would say that when you talk about 55, zero years, you know, I don't want to use the expression it's about time because that might seem demeaning to those people who have gone through some horrific experiences. But we are here today and hopefully the sun is shining and hopefully this is an opportunity for people to learn. And I would say if nobody is not sure who or what the Rainbow Resource Centre is doing, partnering with the Manitoba Museum must be a very special opportunity for sure. Absolutely. And what would you say is one of the biggest hopeful takeaways of this exhibit? And I'll ask both of you the same question. The people come with an open mind and walk away with new information and grow, continue growing. I agree. And I think especially right now with what we see going on down south and even across our own country, I think it's we'd be remiss to not uh, to to think that we have reached a stage that everything is just okay. That I think that uh, at times even now we need to uh, step forward and support organizations for people who are vulnerable or people in the LGBT. To us, LGBTQ plus community, I think that that it this time is uh, it, it's important now. Well, I can't tell you um, how fortunate I feel to come to this exhibit and run into the two of you who are doing amazing work in the community and planning something very special. What, is there a date that you oh, can? Yes, Stuart. The date is November fourth, but although it's November fourth, tickets go on sale June the seventh, and believe me. You do not want to miss out. Lewis, always selling. Christy, Lewis, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you for taking a moment to speak with me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hi, can you introduce yourself? 
Hi, I'm Jordan Anglin Reimer. I am a trans woman. I'm a member of the Prime Minister's Youth Council in the federal government. Jordan, um, we're here at the Manitoba Museum. They've just launched this exhibit with the Rainbow Resource Center called If These Walls Could Talk. Why is this an important exhibit? I would say that it's an important exhibit because it matters to remember the past, to see how awful things were in the past and the struggles that we've taken to get here, as well as realizing the patterns of history repeating itself and understanding the past to try to stop that from happening again. And Jordan, you know, people always talk about this issue about I'd like to be an ally. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? And what advice would you give to somebody like me that would say, Jordan, how can I become an ally in this issue? You can become an ally in this issue by speaking up for your queer peers, speaking up for their rights and stopping people when they speak against us. And, you know, that sounds, to be honest, very achievable. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard from your perspective of somebody who is living this life to achieve what it is so that people will come out and be more respectful of human beings and the decisions that they make to become who they want to be. Because a lot of people are very vocal against us. A lot of people do not like those who are different from themselves and will do what they can to try to make a very homogenous society. And one of the challenges always, Jordan, is people are always have an issue with somebody who may be different. Mm How do we start to have conversations with people to celebrate our differences rather than say, well, because we different, we are different or we have, maybe we have difference of opinion, yes. which is nothing wrong either to have a difference of opinion. We still are human beings. Yeah. What would you say to people who saying, well, how do we get to know somebody who is different than we are? Honest conversation. The thing about the people who are saying these against us is that they aren't listening to other people. The key here is communication. There needs to be honest communication between both sides to understand each other. And when you talk about honest communication, which I agree and support, how has social media helped or hindered that conversation? Oh, I would say social media has greatly hindered it because... The thing with social media and the thing with algorithms is that it puts people in bubbles. It, If anything, I would say that people are more likely in real life to encounter people with more diverse opinions than they are in their own bubble of where they are in social media with their echo chamber. And you mentioned at the outset of this, Jordan, that you are sitting on, if I get it right, the Prime Minister's... Youth Council. The Prime Minister's Youth Council. How did you get involved in that? It was a quite lengthy application process. There were postings online for people who wanted to join it, and I wanted to join it because I have very strong opinions about trans rights being trans myself, and I fear what's happening in the States right now, and I want to get my voice to as many people as I can to stop that from happening here. And so I applied. At first it was a written process, and then they got back to me a couple of months later for a recorded interview where, similar to this, they asked me questions and then I would record my questions and send it back, my answers and send it back to them. And then I got a call a couple of months later saying that I was in. Wow, congratulations. Thank you.
And do you have a mandate, Jordan, with this committee to, is there something specific that they've asked you to do? Uh, essentially, the committee is just for being the voice of youth in the country, because the thing with the ministers and public servants who are very high up in the federal government is that they tend to only hear each other's voices a lot of the time. And so there's been an initiative to try to reach out to more uh, diverse groups of people, and that includes youth. So truly the point of this council is just for them to hear the voices of the youth and have ambassadors for our age group to represent us to talk to them. So I'm going to ask a question, Jordan. If I don't ask it properly, please make sure that I use the proper way in asking the question. Mm -hmm. But as a member of the transgender community, tell me something that you feel so incredibly positive about. I feel positive, honestly, after coming out of this exhibit with just how far that we've gotten. I have been thinking about this a lot over the last hour while I've been here, and I am very proud to be a part of this community with the people who have come before me in this province who have fought tooth and nail for the rights that we have now. I am proud to have places like Rainbow Resource Center and Clinic in the city to help us. Jordan, um... Thank you much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's wonderful to meet you. And uh, I wish you all the success on the Prime Minister's uh, Youth Committee, because clearly you're somebody who's very passionate, and I know you're going to make a difference. So thanks for spending some time with me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me here. It was wonderful to talk to you. Sally, we're standing at the entrance of the Manitoba Museum where the Rainbow Resource Centre has partnered with them to create an incredible exhibit called If These Walls Could Talk. What's your impression having just seen the exhibit? Well, it's really interesting. Like, I volunteer a little bit down at the centre and how this all started, they had boxes and boxes and boxes of um, posters from our history of everything about our history, starting way, way back in the early 70s. And um, so we, Bryce and I, the the person who works at the center, uh, brought them all out, organized them all, sorted them all out, digitized them all out, and so they're all there and they're all recorded now. And then Ashley Smith came along and he wanted, he thought it would be a good idea. He thought, I'd just like to take some of the highlights of our history and do a poster uh, historical journey. And so that's how it all began. So I knew it was happening. I knew it was going on. And uh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got thousands of stories to tell. And it's not like I haven't told stories before or anything about it. But it's one thing, I think, when you're telling a story and, you know, you censor yourself and you don't say everything and... and uh, a lot of the stuff, uh, when we were doing all this activism work, I mean, it wasn't something we thought about, geez, we better save this one day because it's going to be so important. Things had to be done, and we just went ahead and, and did it. And so it, it's out there. And then when I come down here and I see it now on the wall looking back at me, and I say, holy crap, this was us. This was me. This really happened. We really 
did this. We really survived through this. And then when I stand out here in the larger space, and I see now a lot of younger and younger faces than myself, and I look out the faces and I say, this, you're, you're an expression of the work that we did. You're here now, like you're young and, and you have all these rights and, uh, and that was because of all of our work and that's, that's such a great thing and, and it was so good to see them there. And then I think, so this is what we worked for so that people could be who they were and love who they are and be here and, and come and go as they please. And yet, here we are again in some kind of a rally protesting and activating for our inherent human rights. And so it goes on and on. And yeah, it's very emotional to me. Very emotional. I'm so grateful that Ashley did this work. It's just a, such a small part of it. I mean, there's so much of it. And to even sort out what were some of the major highlights is very difficult. So, Well, and Sally, one of the great things must be that somebody had the foresight to save some of these elements in the archives so that they were saved and allowing people to then bring them forward. From your perspective, who you've been involved in this for a long, long time, to understand that those memories that were in boxes are now in people's minds, they're on walls, they're part of a conversation. And this is the thing, like I, I'm um, an oral historian and I'm a bit of an archivist myself. And so I started saving and I've got boxes and boxes and a lot of the information that is here on the walls is part of my own um, archival papers and Yes, and other members of the community, uh, like Chris Vogel, for instance, who from, like, he, he was tenacious. He was a, a pack rat. He saved everything, 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 everything. And even, uh, pay slips, you know, from, uh, from check, check stubs. And he says, not so much for the amount of money, but for the name so that we knew in our community who might be our supporters. And he said at the time, too, that he was archiving all this material and saved everything. It wasn't because he thought, oh, this would be famous one day and people would want to know about it. He was saving it at the time and hanging on to it for educational purposes because we were always in dialogue with people and other, uh, like, uh, politicians and religious people arguing for ourselves and our human rights. So all of this information that Chris had been gathering was used. Like he read everything, every article, every, every, everything. And so we could use it as, uh, um, arguments when we were arguing for, for our rights. And yeah, bless their hearts, everybody who, and, you know, saved this stuff. Me, you know, because I have it in boxes. Well, what do you do with it? And, this is the first time that somebody has, uh, like Ashley, has wanted to bring it forward, to do something with it. Can I just ask, Sally, you mentioned Ashley. Could you just explain who Ashley is, please? Ashley Smith, who, who as the uh, advocate 
right now at the uh, Rainbow Resource Center. At the time, he was the uh, coordinator for the Over the Rainbow group, who uh, the 55 plus folk at the resource center, okay. and so he was—he's the one who motivated this, this whole thing. Yeah, Sally, if somebody's wondering whether they should come to this exhibit, and we're asking you, what would you tell them? I think I know the answer to it. But the question I would like you to explain is when you, after you said yes, why is it important for people to come to this exhibit? Well, everybody's human rights is important. And when you have grown up as a part of a marginalized group and you've been isolated, you've been rejected, you've been spit on. It's important, it's just important for people to know, like we're all human, we're all people, we're, we're all the same. Uh, when when things are, are pushing back, stand up, use your voice, find your voice, push back against it. I don't know. I get lost in my own in my, in my own emotion. <laughs> well, rightly so, Sally. I mean, um, and I, I know when I asked you if you would be part of this conversation, I know your reluctance was because of your emotion of what you've just been through. I just can't thank you enough for stopping and, and at least sharing in a very small way, which is not even the tip of the iceberg of what you have seen. But I just thank you for spending a bit of time with me. Well, yes, you're welcome, and thank you. You know, and like I always... I mean, this is wonderful and this is great. Uh, I always remind our people, though, like, don't get complacent. We always have to be vigilant, and I think we will always have to be vigilant, not just our, our group, but other marginalized groups. And um, that's a sadness. Yeah, Sally, it is. And, and, but, you know, I, I see in you a, a, somebody who is a passionate member of this community. And, you know, I would love you just to sort of share your last thoughts about what's your biggest, most happiest moment about this struggle that you will carry as a memory that takes you to the next level? Well, I guess, uh, I don't know if there's any one memory and like, you know, this isn't what, this isn't work I did by myself. This is work we all did together. And, and, and just when I think about, and I think about all those people I walked with, all those people I rallied with, all those people that, that, uh, uh, we, we experienced, uh, laughter and humor and hardship together with, and all those people, friends of mine have lost through, through AIDS, um, through suicide, uh, th through other things. It, it's, it, to still be here today is, is 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 um pretty marvelous pretty marvelous sally thank you thank you so much for sharing a little bit about who you are and the importance of what it is that all of us can learn more about and support i think like the most important thing is we all have a voice find your voice and use it don't think don't stay silent. Your silence won't protect you. 
Well said, Sally. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Humans on Rights. A transcript of this episode is available by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. Humans on Rights is recorded and hosted by Stuart Murray. Social media marketing by Buffy Davey. Music by Doug Edmond. For more, go to humanrightshub.ca. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.